It's Wednesday, March 9th, and we are here at the War Memorial Opera House for the San Francisco Ballet's Points of View Lecture Series, which precedes tonight's performance of Capella. My name is Andy Yanoni, and I'm the Director of Education and Training for the Ballet, overseeing the administrative functions of the school and education and outreach programs. On behalf of Artistic Director Helgi Thomason, welcome to everyone here in the audience, as well as our online listeners. San Francisco Ballet Company and School share the same building just across the street from the theater. There, our students train in the same studios as our professional dancers. Each time they come to the building, students have the wonderful opportunity to see the professional dancers whom they aspire to become one day. Many ballets in our rep include roles for children, and tonight we're presenting one of them. To talk about working with students and coaching them to dance alongside professionals, we have with us tonight Patrick Armand, the school's associate director, thank you, and Jeff Lyons, who is uh, on the school faculty, and additionally, he has responsibilities working with the students and company productions. Welcome, and thank you for joining us. We're gonna talk about student performers in four ballets, Nutcracker, Swan Lake, Swimmer, and Capella. These are not the only ballets which feature children. There are children's roles in Petrushka, Giselle, Don Quixote, uh, Romeo and Juliet, and Cinderella, among others. Jeff, I'm gonna start with you. What are the special challenges in working with students who, who will be cast in professional productions? Um, some of the challenges that we have when we work with the children are, one, they're really excited when they get picked to do something with the company, and, um, and we have limited time frames that we work with that they have to be taught the steps they're gonna learn. And because of the age range, like tonight you're gonna see there are a couple of nine-year-olds. Uh, there are probably about five or six 10-year-olds. The majority are 11, and there are a couple, like two 12-year-olds and two 13-year-olds for the girls. And so pretty much after a two-hour time limit, their brains are done. And when you're teaching choreography or trying to rehearse them, at a certain point, the problem is their brains just shut down, mm -hmm. which is pretty normal in the process. And so we have to try to figure out rehearsal schedules that will work so that they can remember everything and from week to week. Because we usually get them for Nutcracker one day a week. We only get Saturdays for Nutcracker. And it's spread out over like months. And Cinderella, uh, not Cinderella, but Capella was different. It's, it was much more condensed, and we can talk about that later, but Great. yeah. Thank you. Patrick, why is it important for students to have these opportunities? Uh, but just already the opportunity to be on stage. Uh, it's very important for the kids to get used to perform. Uh, ballet is an art form, and it's a performing art. Then, I mean, performing is really part of the education, and then we're very lucky for the student to be able to participate to the, the school, uh, the company's uh, um, production. Um, it's a little bit of a problem scheduling, <laughs> because, I mean, the, the kids are there to be trained, and, I mean, you cannot forget a training to be able to, for them to be able to do rehearsal, then it's all a, a question to, of timing and when we can have all those kids, especially when they're from different levels with different timing of classes, then it gets a very complicated to organize it. 
Um, but it's a wonderful opportunity to be on the stage of the War Memorial and to be with a world-class company. It's really an opportunity. Thank you. Let's take a closer look at Nutcracker. So I imagine many of you have been to a Nutcracker performance or two over the years. In 2015, there were 123 younger students in the production. They were roughly divided into two or three casts depending on the roles. In addition, about 50 upper level students performed. If my math is correct, that's right around 175 students. That is a monumental task uh, to try to rehearse these students. Jeff, how do you do it? Okay, uh, with Nutcracker, it's what I was kind of talking about before. We, we plan it out from, we'll start talking, I'll, I'll talk to Anita Pachotti in the summer because she oversees, anytime there are children in productions for the company, Anita kind of oversees everything. And um, like I'll talk to her and then I'll come talk to Patrick and we'll go. We were thinking about doing the audition for Nutcracker on the third, the third Saturday in September. And then everyone looks at their calendar to see if that'll work because depending on what the company's doing and if the company's gonna tour, we might have to change it to earlier or later. And then depending on when the school starts back. So that starts the process. And then we have the audition and the ballet master, at least one of the ballet masters from the company comes and watches and then picks children. And um, Helgi comes also and looks at children. And then we start the process of the rehearsals. And we kind of, kind we have it down to, I don't want to say it's an art form at this point in time, but we know that we usually start the first children's rehearsals on the first Saturday in October. And then we'll have two hours for the party scene and two hours for the battle scene. But at the same time this year, Tina LeBlanc was rehearsing the little girls for Bugs who opened the second act. And then Christy DiCaminata was also rehearsing the clowns in the second act at the same time. So there would be like three rehearsals going at once. And then gradually as we get farther along with the children, you know, the, the, I think we're gonna show you the march from Nutcracker, which usually takes about four hours to teach them even though it's only about a minute and a half long. Um, and depending on where we're at and what scene is when we start bringing in the older students. And once the marchers are set for the battle, we start bringing in the mice. And then we bring in the small mice, and then we bring in artillery later, and then we bring in the uh, cavalry. It's kind of on a schedule. And I always go, what week are we at, and when do we, what do we need to bring in that week? And we kind of go from there. And as far as the upper level students go, it's kind of what Patrick was talking about later. As we start getting into November, we start having finding time in their schedule that we can rehearse them. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but when you really look at the Nutcracker, the majority of the scenery that's moved in the second act is done by upper level boys in the school, the upper level men's classes. And they're responsible for moving the eggs, they're responsible for moving the time machine, and it all has to be on the right music at the right time, and they have to remember what they're doing. And so that has to start happening. And, um, and we have to find the time in the school schedule to do it too. So it's a matter of logistics. But it all works out eventually. Mm -hmm. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah. So you can see on the screen some of the uh, roles that students perform. Uh, Jeff, do you want to take us through starting with the, the dragon? The dragon the, uh, is usually trainee men, level eight men, and some level seven men. And they love doing the dragon. And um, it's, a, it's fun for them and they get, it's a little more freedom. 
And it's always, it's kind of like the dragon is the Chinese character's pet dog. You know, it's chasing him all over the stage and it's like naughty boy. But, and the students love doing that. And then the next one at the top are the buffoons, which are usually the littlest ones in the production. They're usually level twos, so the average age is nine for them, and there are some 10-year-olds in there, and so they're the ones that come out of Madame du Cirque's skirt, and they get to dance with the bear, which they love to do. And at the top, you see the battle scene, which usually takes the most time as far as it uses children for the marchers, it uses upper-level men for the mice, then you have in-between with girl mice and boy mice, smaller, and then the artillery and uh, I think there are about 45 people on stage at one time during the battle scene and it only takes about four minutes, but it's organized chaos. There's things that they're doing on counts in the music. It might not look like it, but they are. And um, the other one right below that is Clara and the horses and the boys have to actually do those horses, which the problem is those heads, those beautiful horse heads, which are acrylic, they can't see out of. They can only see straight front on. They can't bend their heads in them, so they can't see marks on stage, and they have to hit marks. And so that's one of the, um, the least favorite of the roles for the upper-level boys because it's a lot of responsibility, and it's a hard one because they have to pull the cart. They have to make sure they don't run over anyone, uh, and it wouldn't be good to run over a snowflake. Um, but we haven't yet, but in, a, in a, that. The next one down are the pages who move the eggs, and some, some of the neat things that happen every year is for the Russian dance, they come out of those great Fabergé eggs, and so the upper-level boys in the school, level seven men and eight men, are the ones that move those on and off. But the cool thing is when one of the trainees or one of the other level eight men are coming out of the egg, and their classmates pull them on. So that's kind of neat to watch and to see them root for everyone, each other, which is really nice. Uh, the soldiers at the bottom, which are usually level three, four kids, and the party kids. I mean, everyone wants to do party scene. And um, they're only a limited number. There are 12 roles for the party mm -hmm. scene, for the boys and girls total. So what everything gets spread out between the battle scene, which is, I always say is the funnest part. And then you have the bugs which open the second act, which the kids love to do. And you have the clowns. So that's pretty much going through all the kids' roles in Nutcracker, so. Great. And then the upper level girls do do snow and flowers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Patrick, when you attend a performance, do you get nervous when students are on stage wondering what's gonna happen next? Yeah, you always do get nervous because you want them to do the best, but um, for example, in Coppelia, you've got those nine years old and doing a, a huge dance. Uh, in the third act, but just to see them being so happy being on stage, you know, you just relax into it and you just enjoy it anyway. At the end of the day, they're only kids, whatever happened, it's not, they're not professional, then anything can happen, but it, they really do their best and they, you can really see the enjoyment and yeah, you get nervous for a few minutes, but then you just enjoy it as long as they turn out. Right. <laughs> so you say. <laughs> It's hard, Capella, it's hard watching the kids on stage because we've been rehearsing it for a couple of months. And they're on stage 22 minutes, dancing the entire time. And it's really impressive because there is a lot of patterns and they've got to be online and, and in line and everything. And, and I mean, I must say yeah. it's quite impressive. <laughs> and I sit behind them on stage and I can't say anything to them. And I've been rehearsing them. So I'm are like, you, I want Are like, you on, on stage behind them for Nutcracker as well? Uh, in party scene, yeah. 
Mm. So I can actually talk to them during party scene mm. and remind them about things to do sometimes or like to remind them to go, it's too loud, you need to be quiet because they're children and they get excited. Mm. And sometimes they'll get loud on stage and you have to go, ah, oh, not a word. Yeah. And they, like, they button down real fast, but they're cute. They're really cute. Um, what about their schoolwork? There's, well, there are a couple of things. You know, they, um, for the children, when we're performing, we have studio teachers, which are state mandated. And they're there for the welfare of the minor. And so it goes into the planning process of making sure, normally with the casting, as Andy was talking about, we have about 150 to 175 kids in this show, but there's only about 75 in each show. And so they're on for the matinee, on, on for the evening, and then off the next day. So that it helps with their academic schooling. But on days when they have double shows, the company offers, they call it studio school, like they had this afternoon, they had studio school in the school library across the street at the building, where one of the studio teachers was there working with probably about eight or nine of the girls that did the matinee this morning with their homework that they have from school. And so they have to keep up they have to be like up with their schoolwork, otherwise um, they can't perform, so. Great. And we also have to do a big shout out to the parents, especially during Nutcracker, because of course they need to change their whole schedule. Uh, Nutcracker this year, uh, this past year, went through December 31st, and the kids are required to commit to the entire run of uh, Nutcracker, so we, we always thank the parents for their dedication, uh, for getting the kids to rehearsals and shows on time and having them well-fed and, and rested as well. Um, so I think, oh, those are the cute clowns. Those are the clowns and they're clowns. So the let's now, play a short clip of the party scene, which is iconic. So next we're going to talk a little bit about Swan Lake. How many of you saw Swan Lake last month? And okay, you can put your hands down. How many of you noticed the children? Oh, okay, terrific. There were 20 students in Swan Lake who performed 17 different roles. There is a mime involved and a very sweet pot of cease. Um, 
we're going to take a look at that. Patrick, can you talk about preparing younger students for dancing roles like the Potassies and also about learning mime? I mean, most of the steps they're doing in the production, except for Coppelia, which has been much more difficult, the steps are made for their, their level. Then, I mean, they just, you know, you've got to rehearse them to be on st on, together, to be in line, to be, uh, to be ready to do the performance. But, I mean, most of the time, they are steps that they've been accomplished or they've been achieved in their, in their training. Um, what was the other what, is, what else did you ask me? I think that was it. That was it? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Jeff. Um, the boys here, yes. what are they doing? So I, I don't know, if you, a lot of people don't notice the, little, the six little boys that stand on the stairs in the third act. And they actually stand still for 15 minutes. It's a miracle. Do you know how hard that is? They are, it's usually, they're like 10 and 11 year olds. And um, they have to, they stand, they're there at the end, beginning of the act and they stay there until the beginning of Black Swan Potted and they stand still. And so there were things they learned the first year of the new production that they can't let them eat sugar during the second act. Um, they have to make them go to the bathroom in the second act before they put them in the costumes. Uh, simple things like that because it's really, I, I talked to the boys this time, I was like, that's really hard. And they were like, man, that's hard to stand there that long. And it's, it's one of those learning processes, especially for boys. I, but they would do things like, can I tell the dressing room story? Last week I had to go in and talk to the boys. They came over and said, can someone come talk to the boys? And it was those boys and they were um, doing what boys do. They weren't listening to the chaperones in the theater or the studio teacher and they were swinging from one of the pipes in the dressing room. And the studio teacher was like, we need someone to come talk to them. So I walked over and I, I just said it needed to stop and the next time I talked to them, Patrick would be with me and then there would be serious problems and they, they kind of buckled down after that. But, they're just kids, you know, they're, they're 11 and 12 year olds. So, so the fact that they stand still for 15 minutes on stage is pretty amazing. It is. Yeah. You know, I lied. The other part of the question was about mime. Pantomime, but pantomime is, um, you know, it's part of the ballet training. I mean, actually next year we will have pantomime class in the school because we didn't have this year. And it's, um, and I realized how important it is because, you know, it's got to be clear. People got to understand what they're doing with their mind because it's like, um, it's like talking without talking <laughs> and uh, but it's it's an art, it's a craft it's actually uh, and it's really important in classical ballet you know mime is really something because mime can be very easy to understand or it can be completely you just don't understand what's happening on stage and then that's a problem then it's 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 a craft it's really um, a real craft thank you you're welcome all right here is the Potassis from Swan Lake <laughs> Should we try that again? Oops. Oh, there it is. There you go. Technology. Technology, exactly. I know. All right. Ooh, let's see. There we go. Thank you. 
We were just reminiscing because the two boys are uh, Max Cawthorn and Aaron Renteria, who came up through the school and then were trainees and are now in the company. So maybe some of you recognize them. Next up is Swimmer. Yuri Posakov's ballet is in program five, opening on March 16th, and then and there are 10 boys rehearsing. Patrick, can you talk about the process of a choreographer creating roles on student performers and how it might be different from uh, a choreographer working with adult professional dancers? But a choreographer is going to use the kids for a reason, I mean, because he needs kids in his ballet, but um, for example, for swimmer, those kids are doing steps that they actually haven't achieved <laughs> in classes. And, but the fact is, um, when there is a story ballet, you know, again, it's using the steps to tell a story, then, you know, you just, those kids are, you know, you rework with them, and I don't think he knew them, he just picked them up because they fitted the, 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 the role or anything. Um, but, I mean, the, it's the same way, it's kind of it the is. same process, you know, they go into teach steps and then those steps need to mean something, it needs to be part of the story, then it's going to use them in their capacity to be able to tell his story and what he wants to transmit with the audience, really. Thank you. Um, Jeff, do the boys understand the concept of swimmer and their roles? I think they do. I, I went to a few of the rehearsals when Anita had them and... Um, because they were in the room when Yuri was choreographing it last year, he explained to them exactly what he wanted them to do, and so they understand it. Um, also, I think when you're 10 and 11, they just kind of pretty much go on what they're asked to do, sometimes mm -hmm. too. I, I, the psychological aspect of it, no. Yeah. But I, they understand what he asked them to do, and they're doing it. And that aspect of it, yes, they understand it. And um, yeah, so. We're going to see a little clip of the boys in Swimmer. That's what you have to look forward to in just a short period of time if you're going to come to program five. Now we're going to talk about Capella. So there are 33 girls uh, who have been working on 24 parts. So when you see the ballet, you'll see a total of 24 girls on stage in act three. Um, I understand that there are essentially two casts, but with several girls in both casts. Um, Jeff, the girls on stage are dancing for a long time. You mentioned um, that it's, what, 22, 23 minutes? It's about 22 minutes. Wow. There are five dances. Five separate dances. Correct. They're kitty quarter ballet. Wow. 
How old are the girls again? Uh, the average age is 11. There are a couple of nine-year-olds. There are a few 10-year-olds. The average is 11. I think there are like three or four 12-year-olds and a couple of 13-year-olds. Mm. I don't think anyone's 14 yet. Um, but the average age is 11. So the, and the levels in the school were level three and level four, like two level fives and two of the smaller level sixes. So they, they have to be small enough to fit the costumes. So. Patrick, what are the special challenges of this particular choreography? It's a big challenge because, you know, in every big classical ballet, there is always a big waltz. You've got Swan Lake, Sleeping Beauty, Nutcracker, there is always a big waltz. In Nutcracker, in Coppelia, there is the waltz of the hours. And it's mainly, I mean, it's, I've done a few productions of Coppelia, I've never seen that done by kids. Here in, in George Balanchine production, he used the students to be really the core of the ballet in the third act. And it's really, it's not just running around and standing or posing. They've got to really dance. There is patterns, there is steps, and they are actually the core de ballet of the third act. And of course, it's a huge challenge. And, um, and it's, a, it's an incredible opportunity, too. Mm -hmm. Jeff, how much time was needed for rehearsals? Can you kind of describe the rehearsal process? Well, when we, we came back in September and we had a staff meeting in the school and afterwards Patrick said, um, I need to talk to you. I was like, what? And he was like, how you would like to do Waltz of the Hours for the gala? And this was back at the end of September and I was like, what? And um, I was like, then we need to start it. And um, we had gotten permission from the trust, the Balanchine Trust, to start working on it. And so I think there was a big audition where Patrick was there, Helgi was there, Anita was there, I think Betsy came, Betsy Erickson also came. And we gave them steps from Walls to the Hours and they picked children. And because it's, you know, we're doing nine performances this week of it, we needed more than one cast because you can't have that many performances without having covers. And the last time we did it, we had covers for each group. There are, what you'll see tonight with Waltz of the Hours is there are four groups of six. And they mirror each other, but each group in the Waltz does something completely different. And so when we started working on it, uh, we started working on it towards the end of October, I think, and we did weeknights. So we were working on Nutcracker during the weekend. On the weekend, we started working on Waltz in the evenings after after they finished their evening class, we'd spend like an hour on it start to start teaching it. And um, so I started working teaching it, and it took about 12 hours to teach the waltz. And the first time we did it, Gariel Whittle had come from the trust, and she, it took her that long to stage it, just the waltz. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of time. And then this time I went, I understand why it's a lot of time. Um, and so, but we finished that, and by that point it was about the middle of November, and we were coming up on Thanksgiving, and we had to just focus exclusively on Nutcracker. And so we had a couple more rehearsals for Walsh the Hours, I think, after Thanksgiving, you, you were coming to them. And then we had to put it away because they had to focus on Nutcracker exclusively. And so we put it away until we came back after the week off in January, and we started back that Monday, I forget what the day it was, January something, like the 11th, and we had two weeks. And, um, so what the process was, they hadn't touched the Walls of the Hours for pretty much a month, and they'd been performing. They did 30 shows of Nutcracker. These kids are professional. It's pretty amazing when you see what they do. And um, we started working. We spent the first week. Patrick was coming in. 
Tina, I asked for Tina LeBlanc to come in just for an extra set of eyes because there was so, there's so much stuff, it's hard to, for one person to watch it. And um, we got the waltz back into shape. Helgi came in and watched and said, yes, they can do the gala. And so the, the notice went out that they were going to perform on the gala, which they were really excited about. But that was a Thursday, that, that first week. And then on the Saturday and Sunday of that first week back, I ended up teaching Dawn and Prayer. Mm. And then left it alone. And then the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we just worked on Wall so they get ready for gala. They did gala. And then the next, they didn't do the Friday after, but then Saturday, Sunday again after. And got uh, Spinner and my brain, I'm tired. Uh, we did Spinner and the Jesters, the Jingle Bells. That got done. And so it was all taught. And then we had, I think, two weekends or three weekends to rehearse them by themselves before they started getting pulled into Swan Lake rehearsals. And so the group of 20 or so kids, not counting the boys, the little girls got pulled out of this to go into Swan Lake rehearsals. And so all of the alternates started going into different spots in their groups. And it was pretty neat because this past week we've had kids out sick. You know, you go into the theater like we're ready to go and then kids start getting sick because it's the natural, it just happens. But the alternates have been going into different spots and they've been doing really, really well, you know, which is pretty amazing. So that extra rehearsal really helped a lot. And at, then while they were still working on this, the swimmer boys were getting, Anita was rehearsing the swimmer boys too at the same time. So you had like three different ballets being rehearsed on Saturdays at the same time in the building with just the children. So it gets busy, it gets kind of busy and it's legit. It's been a very busy year for the yeah, school. Yeah, and it's like, so there's a lot of planning that goes on between artistic and the school. So we make sure we have studios, that we have all sorts of stuff. So it's been a neat, it's been, a, the kids love it. Right. The kids love it. It's, it's a, it, and it's just a process for us, but it's logistics and we're used to doing it. We've been doing it for so long. So, but I think you'll be pleased when you see the children tonight. They've done an amazing job, so. We have nine studios in our building across the street, and there's just never enough space for all of the rehearsals. Um, Jeff, I understand that the girls were super excited about the tutus. Yeah, the tutus and the tiaras. You know, uh, the first time we did the costume fittings, I was more worried about them not being able to fit the costumes because the costumes are so, they were little, you know, they're for children. And I always worry because when you have to pick kids so far out, Children grow, they get taller and you know, but everyone fit costumes where we were good. But the first time they tried the costumes on it was great, but the first time they did it on stage in costume, their brains shut down because they were so excited. Um, that was the first rehearsal for gala on stage, but then they pulled back and it was okay. And then the same thing happened this past week where they've been doing really, really good and they, their first stage rehearsals, they get on stage and they're so excited, they're just like, and the brains stop because they're so excited and they actually squeal sometimes and you have to go okay let's calm down and let's go back let's go over everything and um but yeah they love the tutus and they love the little chokers and they love the tiaras and because they're real tiaras and so they love that uh patrick are there other ballets that feature children in the same sort of way with uh, more complex choreography? Uh, as much as in, in Balanchine's Coppelia, I don't think so. I, I cannot remember. You've got the little cupids in, um, in Don't You? Because originally, actually, Cupid originally was a little girl from the school, like a long time ago. Now it's always a company dancer, but then there is the little cupids. 
there is some kids dancing the reel in La Silphie a little bit, but like Coppelia, there is absolutely, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd never seen anything similar where mm. the, the kids really, I'm trying to think, I cannot think about any other rap ballet where really they use that many, um, many students. I mean, because I repeat it, those students in the third act are actually the quarter ballet. They, they are the, the main quarter ballet. So it's really, I never seen it. No, I think it's the only one. We're going to play a little clip. This is the Waltz of the Hours. We were just talking amongst ourselves because it's really hard steps. Like the three littlest, the six littlest ones on the stage, which are the nine-year-olds, have to do bourrees, 35 feet of bourrees and four counts, and go around. And it's like it's hard stuff. But so, what what is the challenge with the spacing and the lines? Well, you can't see it, but there are actually tape lines on the, they're gray tape lines on the gray floor that the children can see and there are five of them set six feet apart all the way up on the stage and there are certain points in different dances where they go to the second tape line at the quarter mark or they split the different people split on the third tape line between eighth and quarter and it, they from the rehearsal process they know they go to the tape line for this or they go to the first tape line or the second or the third or the fourth or the fifth tape line or they're above the fifth tape line and that's just the way it was choreographed originally. And that's the way we do it here. So you just can't see the tape lines, but they're, on the, they're all the way up, in, every six feet up on the stage. So they know how the children guide off of those tape marks. Off in, they know they go for certain things to each tape line. That, and then we use the quarter, the eighth, and the quarter marks on the stage. So it helps. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want the audience to know about Coppelia or the kids and how they rehearse and how they learn? I mean, it, it, it's just a process of re a lot of repetition for them rehearsing. And um, what we do every night, what we found works best is while you're watching the second act, the children are up in the studio on the sixth floor and, and backstage, walking, going through the entire third act. Because what we found when they do that is they're much more focused. If we don't do that with them, what happens is they popcorn, they have, they just are too excited. And so, um, yeah. So that's one of the things we do to kind of calm them down before the, sh for the show, is we always, during the second act, go up to the studio and we go through the, all, all of the dances, calmly with counts, and then remind them that they're gonna breathe and that they're gonna like watch each other and they're gonna pay attention, so. It's just simple stuff, you know? And the amazing thing is, when you see it, they're really doing a really good job. As Patrick said, it's really hard choreography, and they're like hitting their marks, they're hitting their lines, they're remembering what they're supposed to do. So, that's great, so. Great, I think we're gonna open it up to questions. 
And do you mind walking up to the microphone, please? It's right here in the center aisle. That would be great. And in fact, um, when, if others have questions, if you want to just start a little queue, that would be great. Thanks. Just so we can all hear your question. I just wondered how you got these kids ready, how you dressed them, how you made them up, how long were they in costume before they actually go on stage, how many mothers are out there chaperoning them. I mean, it's a huge number of kids that just feed off each other. I it's a, what you, you guys don't see, and that's a wonderful question, what you don't see is everything that goes into getting them into the theater. Um, there are the studio teachers plus their chaperones. I think there are four chaperones plus the four or five studio teachers that are with the children at all times. Um, the rehearsal process itself was hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of working with them. Uh, part of what we do is you want to be as positive as possible with the children and every once in a while you have to actually like go I'm sorry, you can do that better. It, it needs to be better, or it needs to be whatever. Um, we had a, a little thing earlier today where one of the girls had an allergy attack and she couldn't stop sneezing. And it was fine. It was completely fine by the time she got onto stage. But by one of the things is they have it there, they come in at curtain. Their due time for this is at curtain. So they are all due in the theater by 7.30 tonight. And as soon as they come in, they're taken to the dressing room. And as soon as they're in the dressing room, they put their stuff down and they're taken down to hair and makeup. And they get their makeup put on and their tiara is pinned on. Jeff, and, do they come with buns? Um, some come with their buns up and some don't. Some not, I think they're supposed to have a high bun. Hmm. But some already have them. Some come with the ponytails and they put them up. I don't know if they do it themselves or if hair and makeup does it. But I do know that hair and makeup pins the tiaras on them. When they're done with that, they're brought up to the sixth floor, and when I'm done with the first act, because I'm doing the mayor, I go up and meet them. And so during the intermission, at halfway through the intermission, we start going through the steps, and we start going through what they're gonna do on stage. If they have questions, and we talk about it. We go through all the dances, and when they're done, they're taken back down to the basement, they go into wardrobe, and they get into the tutus. And then, the next time I see them is in the wings when they're getting ready to make the entrance on stage for the third act. And then what happens is when they're finished, when War and Discord starts and they leave, I meet them in the back and talk to them. And then once that's done, they do the finale. And that's kind of what their night will be like tonight, you know, and try to be as positive with them as possible. So I don't know if that answered the question or not, but the that's kind of what tonight's going to be like. And the chaperones are all from Bravo. Yeah, all the chaperones are Bravo, and a lot of times it's parents that are in Bravo. So. Yeah, yeah. thank you. That's a great question. Um, during Nutcracker, we provide um, an additional service to the family. So the way the kids are cast for Nutcracker is they have a matinee and the performance that evening, and then they usually have the next day off. And we have a club nut which is across the street in our studios. It's a place, it's a safe place for the kids to go between shows so the parents just drop them off before the first show and then at the end of the second show and we feed them a hot meal. They can work on homework, their art, arts and crafts, movies, that sort of thing. So, but that's just during Nutcracker. 
I see we have another question. Uh, how old are they? How old are they? Like tonight, the kids you'll see tonight, they're, like I said, there are a couple of nine-year-olds, the little ones. There are some 10-year-olds, most of the kids are 11, and there's 12 and 13-year-olds. So it's that age range. It's third, fourth, fifth grade, some sixth graders around there. Hmm. There might be a couple seventh graders, I don't know. But yeah. Great, any more questions? No, all right. Well, I'd like to thank Patrick and Jeff for coming this evening and uh, it's been very insightful. Thanks for conversation. Thank you. And for more, yeah, let's give them a round of applause. If you would like to see more of our students, I'd like to extend a special invitation to all of you to, to attend the San Francisco Ballet School 2016 Student Showcase Performances on May 25, 26, and 27 at the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts. Uh, tickets are on sale now. Um, and if you are interested, there is a festive dinner following the performance on the 26th, which raises funds to support scholarships and financial aid programs of the school. There are also many more adult education programs coming up um, uh, during the season on uh, Saturday, this coming Saturday, there's a talk about ballet from 5 to 6.30, which includes a reception. And the topic is, I love this, uh, it's called From Dolls to Digitization, Ballet's Encounter with Technology. 1870 to 2015. That should be fun and informational, and you can find um, uh, more info on our website and to buy tickets. Um, then we also have a workshop for families on March 19th from noon to one, and that's for children ages eight to 12 and their families. It's based on program five, uh, and the ballets are swimmer and dances at a gathering. And if you have any really young children in your life, we have a special free uh, trial class for pre-ballet for four to seven-year-olds on Sunday, April 3rd, and you can sign up online. For more information about any of these events or programs, please come to our website, sfballet.org. So thank you for your kind attention tonight, and at this time, I'd like everyone to please exit uh, to your right uh, through the doors, and for those of you attending tonight's performance, you can have your tickets uh, ready to go, and you'll be directed back into the theater. So thank you very much, and enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you.